0: You know, I was very moved by what was happening at the border, and I felt like we as an organization needed to do something, and what could we do, like getting a book in their hands, a book that they could take with them on their
1: journey, because we knew it was going to be a long haul. Thank you for joining us for FYI, the Public Libraries podcast. I'm Kathleen Hughes, Manager of Publications for the Public Library Association.
2: Want to help the uninsured members of your community help enroll in health insurance? PLA's Libraries Connecting You to Coverage initiative has a wealth of health insurance resources that address common coverage questions, plus training materials for library staff, communication assets, and more. Your staff will be more confident and prepared to assist patrons with enrolling in health insurance during the Affordable Care Act's open enrollment period. Libraries connecting you to coverage. Become a champion of coverage at your library. Visit ala.org slash pla for more information. That's ala.org slash pla.
1: Our guests today are Oralia Garza de Cortes and Patrick Sullivan. Oralia is Coordinator for Children in Crisis, an initiative of Reforma, the National Association to promote library and information services to Latinos and Spanish-speaking. And Patrick is Emeritus Librarian at San Diego State University. Since 2014, Reforma, through its Children in Crisis initiative, has been helping children detained at the southern border. The children, mostly Spanish-speaking, are coming from El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras. Children in Crisis, or CIC, solicits children's books in Spanish for delivery to children in detention centers, shelters, law offices, and group homes around the country where the children are sent after being processed. These donations and library connections are carried out through the local chapters of Reforma around the United States in conjunction with various social service agencies. The CIC task force is made up of Spanish-speaking and bilingual slash bicultural librarians who can help library staff and community members more effectively assist the unaccompanied refugee children who are arriving. The mission is to get books into the hands of these children, ensure that they have access to storytime materials, and to make all recent arrivals aware of the wealth of library resources that are available. Welcome, Auralia and Patrick. Why don't you tell us a bit more about Children in Crisis and Reformers' involvement in offering aid to the detained children at the southern border. You know, I was
0: very moved by what was happening at the border, and I felt like we as an organization needed to do something, and what could we do, like getting a book in their hands, a book that they could take with them on their journey, because we knew it was going to be a long haul.
1: What exactly does the organization do to help the children?
0: The chapters of the formal or any other person who is interested in our, you know, working with us to commit to uh, taking between three and five hundred books uh, to certain destinations where we know the children are detained and have nothing to do.
2: We've worked with them on a number of different uh, projects, get, both getting books to the shelters, getting books to caravans on the other side of the border, um, working with the shelters to get them into local libraries as well through the network of Reforma chapters, which is throughout the United States. States. We've worked with a number of different organizations to get those books into the hands of the kids and their families, whether it's the uh, law offices. We have uh, a network of pro bono lawyers that do work with the uh, immigrant families as well. And uh, we will donate books to them, a group called Kids in Need of Defense, KIND, K-I-N-D, which is a national network. And we also have local offices like Casa Cornelia here in San Diego, which is a pro bono legal office as well. We've also worked with other organizations, the Urban Librarians United uh, in the, on the East Coast is working with our Reforma Northeast chapter as well to get books. We've worked with uh, groups that are that are trying to donate books but are having difficulty, and so we will act as a go-between as well there.
1: Are you having difficulty getting the books to the children in the camps? We thought it was a no-brainer to be honest, but. They really do run detention centers
0: that very much resemble concentration camps because they don't allow visitors. They barely take the books. I mean, we don't know for a fact that the children receive the books uh, because when we went, we went with the intention of doing story time at the prison. I mean, that was our idea. This is who we are, librarians who do this work. And yet, you know, there were just barriers at every step of the way.
1: So you have not been able to do story times at the detention centers?
0: We have been lucky to have had access as volunteers to those centers and doing the story time. uh,
2: Yeah, I mean, I've been into the facilities, but you you don't interact with the children. You interact with the administrators and the teachers. Uh, We have had luck bringing in the children and their educators to the libraries. So in terms of story times, there have been those and there have been craft activities and there have been where the kids can actually grab the books and sign the book um, plate that we put in it that says this book belongs to in Spanish to that child. So uh, we have developed a network in, in certain areas, whether it's one of the shelters or if it's one of the rapid response network that have propped up with the caravans recently. They are also very occupied with, you know, just getting the basic needs when when the families are passing through. Um, so a lot of times they're hesitant to take on more books, but we still manage to get them to uh, to the children that are passing through.
1: In addition to providing the books, are libraries trying to provide any other services to the families do, that you know of? The ideal
0: situation where you have a librarian who really reaches out and uh committed to the to the to the detained children whereas it's not always so easy
2: in the situation uh, where the local shelter in san diego brought the um the children in they would bring in a group of girls from 6 to 17 and they would be working the local library in logan heights would be working with uh the the shelter educators they work with them and trying to coordinate the educational goals as well because the kids are there a little longer than they are with some of the other shelters where they pass through in a couple of days. They could be there for weeks or longer. There have been situations where we've been able to work with the educators on the, the school programs as well, so we're integrating that. And then the kids come in and they get their books and they take a picture of themselves with their book or what have you, and th- that's for them. There are no photos generally for um, for anyone who's working with the children, but it was just for them.
1: Children in Crisis is working in Arizona, California, and Texas. How are things going in those spots?
2: I think it's going well. We've made uh, new connections with some of the, again, rapid response networks that are getting books into the hands of the families as they're passing through the caravans. Especially in, in Tijuana, we're working with librarians on the, the Mexico side as well to be able to get uh, books into the hands of the kids who are waiting on that side. We've also had uh, donations from the public education sector in Mexico, uh, in Mexico City, that have sent us books from their, that they're using in their 2018-2019 educational plans so that those could be distributed to children that are coming across you know, in crisis here in the United States as well.
0: In Texas, uh, we, you know, have had books delivered, and you know, we will continue to do that just because uh, the need is there. And politics aside, you know, the the focus needs to be on the children, and you know, their reading needs. We also work with a uh, a wonderful group of uh, legal advocates, you know, lawyers who have you know formed together to help people who have been detained, and so we work with them because they have access to the children. We we are not allowed access in in Texas, and so they'll take the books in and give it to the children with our label on it to the children of where it comes from.
2: We also have in Northern California and the Central Valley of California in uh, the Northeast chapter in New York and New Jersey, we've had a lot of activity there as well. So each one of those areas has groups that they work with, shelters or law offices or social service agencies that deal with the immigrant communities as well.
1: After they're processed through immigration, they're sent to shelters, right? And those are all over the United States?
2: It depends. When they're being processed, they will sometimes be dropped off at the bus stations. ICE will drop them off sometimes at shelters. Here in San Diego, there's a San Diego Rapid Response Network you know, has a facility in downtown San Diego now that dropped, they drop them off. From there, the families are either by bus or by plane or local transport or what have you, find their way to a sponsor or to their family here while they're uh, pursuing the legal. If the children come across as unaccompanied minors, then they will be put into one of the shelters, primarily California, Arizona, Texas, Florida it has a huge one in Homestead, Florida.
0: You know, they will claim asylum but the United States is not recognizing their claim to that asylum, and so they are treated as criminals rather than as asylum seekers. Total, of course, violation of human rights. That's another situation as
2: well. They can be identified as you know, the ankle bracelets that they wear. And at, at one point in Texas, our representatives were going into the bus stations and looking for those with ankle bracelets and basically yeah. distributing books there as well. So
1: The children who are unaccompanied and get sent to shelters across the country, are the book delivery efforts also following them to their new locations or do we lose track?
0: Well, I think right now the system is designed, you know, for the children to get lost. And so, you know, if they make it, you know, it, they may travel in the middle of the night and they don't know where they're going and no one knows where they're going and until they get there. So it's just like, it's ridiculous.
1: The location of the shelters is not generally known. Say they're sent to somewhere in Kansas. You cannot send a shipment of books there, or you can. If
2: the individual child was sent to Kansas, the only thing that we would have that would travel with them if they if they were to receive one of our books is um, there's the book plate in the front of the book that says, you know, this book belongs to, and they've been able to sign it or what have you. But we also, in conjunction with the International Board on Books for Young People, they've printed up a back-to-back flyer that goes into each book as well that basically is for the traveling child, and it informs them about the public library system and that when they get wherever their final destination is, that they should be able to take that card to the public library to, to get a public library card. It just lets them know that there are people there who can help them in Spanish. There are resources that are available, books and other media that are available, and that basically libraries are safe places to be.
1: I just had a question. You mentioned rapid response networks a couple of times. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is? The
2: one here in San Diego, and they exist. Uh, their sister Norma has one down in Texas, in McAllen, Texas, that we visited O'Reilly and I and and the people from the International Board on Books for Young People from Mexico and the U.S. visited there. The San Diego Rapid Response Network is a joint project from the Jewish Family Services, Catholic Charities, and other social service agencies that basically provides food... Shelter and travel assistance. You know, people, will, volunteers will drive the immigrant families to the airport or to the Greyhound station and they'll walk them walk them through the process of getting their airline tickets, getting through security, getting to their gate, and, and being able to understand the process. It's a, a very helpful organization when they have hundreds of people being dropped off at a time by ICE that. You know, have connections so they you know their family or sponsors um, are able to get them bus tickets are able to get them. Um, it's usually a mother and father it's usually a father and, and a daughter whatever you know they're usually in groups of twos or threes um, and when we've taken them to the airport, Um, I I keep boxes of books in the back of my car. You know, we just open it up and dump the books out and say, okay, great, grab what you'd like, you know. They're able to have something to take on their trip with them that also explains about the library systems, the public library systems.
1: Are you also working with libraries in Central America, and how is that working?
2: The American Library Association's Americas Committee and uh, the Reforma International Relations Committee are both, actively involved in that. This past uh, uh, ALA, we did a uh, presentation called Central American Connections where we had Jorge Argueta from El Salvador, one of the authors of, you know, We Are Like the Cloud, the book he had written. And he has a library of dreams in his town as well that we're, you know, trying to uh, figure out ways that we can get support from American libraries for them. We're also working with a group called the Rican Foundation, and uh, they have 64 libraries in Guatemala and Honduras. We're trying to figure out ways that we can work more closely with them through the librarians there coming to ALA. We have one coming uh, to Washington, D.C., uh, Paco Al-Qaeda, who's, who's gonna be coming in. but we've also, we're also getting people to go down to Guatemala to the um, International Book Fair that they have in Guatemala in July so we'll have a representative Elizabeth Garcia from Reforma will be going down to represent Reforma and to distribute some Ala materials as well. So we're trying to create those those networks to be able to get books to them but uh, they they have a huge need there for sure.
1: Back to the unaccompanied children so they're sent to centers all over the country. If you're a librarian, How can you tell if there's one nearby you that you could start developing programming for?
2: What I usually try and recommend is that they first start with just doing a local search of their newspaper and using pro bono immigration services to find out what groups in their area are working with the immigrant families. The lawyers that you'll talk to there... Will usually be able to give you contacts if they know that the facilities are open to it, to be able to try to make that connection. And they'll also inform you of other things, like you know the rapid response network, if there is one in that area that's that's working with them.
0: And they and can also cultivate. call you know any of the churches to ask for any of the social justice organizations that they may have or that they may know of, whether it's mm-hmm. their own churches or nonprofits in the community. So. It's all about connections and making connections.
1: Finally, for librarians who want to help the children and families, what are the best actions to take?
0: We've got a group
2: uh, recently that contacted us from our Facebook page. So we have the Facebook page. We have the Children in Crisis webpage that's available on reforma.org, which is linked to our our website, but our Facebook page as well for, for Reforma Children in Crisis. They were called without borders. What they've done is their club members basically have been going to Amazon and ordering books and then shipping them to us. You know, we'll receive a book here, two books there, three books here, Spanish language, children's books, usually between Infants to 18-year-olds have been the target, and trying to get the shelters to bring the children there, basically offering to do tours of your library, offering to have special sessions, story times, or craft projects, whatever it might be.
0: Whatever it takes, you know, there'll be different levels and you know, different levels of fights along the way. I mean, so it just all depends Mm -hmm. on how far you want to go as far as defending the rights of children
2: to have books. Yeah, if they want to reach out to the American Library Association and look at programs. If they're going to be attending the conferences that are coming up, look for what's happening with international relations committees and their presentations or their programs. So the IRRT and the IRC, the International Relations Roundtable and the International Relations Committee will have programs specific to these. But that's usually where you find the folks who are the most knowledgeable about what's happening either in Central America or in you know other parts of the world as well. But in our case, the Central American
0: connection.
1: That was a lot of great information. Thank you to our guests, Oralia Garza de Cortes and Patrick Sullivan.
0: Thank you for having us.
1: Visit www.publiclibrariesonline.org for more podcasts.